0: I'm really excited for you to meet today's guest, my college friend, Karen Sachs, founder of The Loop. But before I introduce you, in today's episode, we talk a lot about the many lessons that we wish we knew before we started on our own ventures. As you continue to learn and grow your own business, I invite you to join me in my new exclusive group, Founder Confidential. From exclusive podcast content, eBooks, and monthly Zoom lessons and Q and A, we'll cover various topics on founding, growing, and selling a business. From time to time, I'll bring on special guests and more. Click the link in my show notes. We're kicking off in April. I'm very excited about today's episode for so many reasons. First of all, I've known today's guest, Karen Sachs, since my freshman year in college. Second, about five years ago. Sachs, as I've always called her, shared with me an idea that she had for a business. And last, today, that idea is a business that just closed on its $3 million seed round of funding and was congratulated by NASDAQ and Times Square. Karen Sachs is the founder and CEO of The Loop, a one-stop production marketplace helping underrepresented, underrepresented photographers and creators connect with brands all over the world. Noticing an absence of brands hiring women photographers, Karen started The Loop with the mission to get more women and non-binary photographers connected with jobs to generate income for themselves. Today, The Loop has curated a group of photographers and brands like Sweetgreen, Dropbox, Peloton, GoHenry, and Cardinal Health operating across 43 countries globally. Karen has spent most of her career working with photographers and businesses to shape their visions. Prior to founding The Loop, she was the director of content development at Shutterstock, where she helped create Offset, Shutterstock's premier content library. She's also held content roles at National Geographic Society, The Wall Street Journal, Corbis Williams-Sonoma, and Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia. Karen is an active member of the Female Founders Alliance organization and regularly speaks on critical issues of women in tech, diversity, and authenticity in front of and behind the lens, and has regularly appeared on CBS and MSNBC. She graduated from the University of Michigan, Go Blue, with a BFA in Photographer and a BA in American Culture. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Karen Sachs. Come on in and meet her. All right. So today on Dear Founder, we have a very special guest, someone that I've known for a very long time and went to college with, Karen Sachs, founder and CEO of The Loop is here. And before I introduce you to her, I want to share that a few years back, Karen came to one of my events at Bump Club. And well, she came to a couple of my events at Bump Club in Brooklyn. And I very, very vividly and distinctly remember her telling me about this idea that she had for a mm-hmm. company, and. I don't really live in the same world from a creative standpoint as Karen. So <laughs> I, I wasn't really sure about what it was that she was doing. It sort of made sense to me, but now it really makes sense to me because she has taken the loop and she has created a company that has exploded. She has fundraised. She has closed on on your Series A. Yes, Karen? The seed
1: round. The, the seed, seed round. Seed round. I know nothing yeah. about funding.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, and it's a for real thing. And so like, I remember when it was just to, I have an idea. And then all of a sudden, yeah. one day I opened up social media and you were standing in front of the NASDAQ congratulating mm-hmm. you on your fundraising round. And so yeah. congrats. Thank you. I'm so excited <laughs> that you're here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And ironically, even after I asked you to do this, your PR person still pitched you to me not knowing <laughs> we knew each other. So I guess it all works out. It all
1: works out. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. And, you know, I really just I want you to kind of take us through your story. And I think it's fascinating how it is that you came up with this idea because I didn't know just just now. And I want you to tell everyone what the loop is and how it is that you came up with this idea because your background is such that um, it makes sense that
1: you did what you did. And I want everyone to know. Sure. So after we graduated from the University of Michigan, and thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Of and course. I'm so excited that you have this podcast. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, after we graduated from Michigan, I moved to D.C. to work for National Geographic. I studied photography and American culture. I always knew I wanted to be in the photography space, but I wasn't exactly sure what that meant. I had this dream, this notion, an idea of what it could be like you know, to work at this magical place, National Geographic, Landed a job at Geographic, worked there for a few years before moving up to New York, and I was always in the content photo space, working in magazines, later working in merchandise at Martha Stewart, working catalogs for um, Pottery Barn Kids out in California. And then I ended up at a place called Shutterstock, and that was the first taste I had of what it would be like to work for a tech company. And at Shutterstock, I built a collection of high-end images. And one thing that was true throughout my career was working with women photographers who became my friends, who were always there for me, who provided a network for me. Um, That was consistent throughout my career. And so when I left Shutterstock, I had this idea of creating a network, creating a community for women creators, but more important to me um, than the aspect of community is helping women generate income. So I wanted to build it in such a way that I could help put money in the pockets of women. And so that's really where the idea for The Loop came from. And The Loop is, the name comes from a loop that you look through um, and looking at negative. So it's a, it's a term in the photo space. Photographers know what it is, or jewelers look through a loop to inspect something up close. Um, so that's how I came up with the name for the company um, and really came up with the idea. And I thought I would test this out. The first customer we landed was SoundCloud, and then we were going, we were moving. So
0: explain to us how it works.
1: Sure. It's a, I mean, I
0: know it's a marketplace that yes. you know, it, that helps underrepresented photographers yeah. and creators connect with brands. But how does it work? Like, if yeah. I, I want, and I want you to tell us how it works, both. If I am a brand, how does Mm -hmm. it work? And if I am a photographer, how does it work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if you're a brand, you come to the site, you fill out a creative brief and you tell us what your needs are. It could be you need social images for social media. It could be a brand campaign. It could be product images. We've actually done, um, in the baby space, we've done a lot of car seats and a lot of baby products, both still images and videos. So you fill out a brief, tell us what you need. And depending on your needs, we either pull in one photographer or we pull in 10 or more photographers. So what we're finding today is that a lot of brands need help finding diverse content, and especially in the baby world. And we we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, but brands need help with diversity. And how do you achieve diversity? How do you find diverse creators? Um, and I firmly believe that when there's more diversity behind the lens, there's more diversity in front of the lens. So we have 500 creators, uh, almost 550 creators in 44 countries around the world in just about every state in the United States. So if you need a really global, a really diverse or localized perspective, we will take that creative brief to say 10 photographers. And each photographer is creating content two-year brief, and then we deliver to you at the cadence of your choosing, maybe that's monthly, maybe it's quarterly, a specific amount of content. You download that from our platform, you download the content, and then you can go use it however you need. So we make it really simple for brands to get the content they need when they need it. You can capture anything, anywhere by working with the loop. Then on the other side of the marketplace are the photographers, the community. We have a network of all professional photographers. These are a curated group, a curated community of photographers who not only are at the top of their game, they're professionals, um, but they want to learn from one another. They want to be part of our accountability groups. They want to connect with one another. They want to give support. They want to sell equipment. So we're building out a community for these photographers to connect and grow and learn and generate income by helping brands create more diverse content.
0: So from a revenue standpoint, do you get, does the loop make money from both the brands who are buying the service and the photographer? Do you take it? Like,
1: how does it work? Sure. Um, we charge the brands um, a fee. We charge an admin fee and we take care of all the payouts to the photographers. We do not charge the photographers. We are putting money in their pockets. So the brands pay um, you know, what they would pay for their production costs for the content, including an admin fee that goes to the loop. And then we handle all the production for them.
0: I, I love that. I mean, because you are staying true to your mission and I, and yep. I knew, and I knew that before I asked you, but I wanted <laughs> to ask you because it's important. I mean, I think yeah. that you, ha- you had, you yeah. had this mission that you wanted to help photographers, women photographers get exactly. in secure business and like the fact that you are doing this and also, you know, you are allowing them to be mm-hmm. themselves and be the creators and, pocket the money that they're, that they're deserved. It just speaks to you as a person, as a human, as a founder. So um, I'm glad that you said that. Um, You know, I, something that you just said that I think is really interesting is the community of photographers. And it's not just like the loop is not just, you know, the photographers signing up and like putting their work up on your site to get work. I mean, it's, it really is women connecting with each other right. and learning from right. one another. And I, you could see that in the photos in front of the NASDAQ when you posted yeah. them. Yes, yeah. And so I would love for you to kind of go in a little bit and, and share how you support your community and sure. like, what are some of the other services that you provide the photographers?
1: Yeah. They're itching to get together and to be together. And it's really interesting because creators, um, individually can feel isolated and feel alone and not feel like they have community. And in the photography space, people who choose to become photographers often are people who want to work alone or want to work in with smaller teams um, and like that, You know, they're not people who choose to go work in a corporate environment at a, at a large company. There's also this notion of competition in the creator space and with photographers that there are too few jobs and you have to compete to get them. I want to break down that that idea that notion. I don't believe that's true. Every single small business, every single medium-sized business, every large business needs content, and they need so much of it. There is more than enough work to go around, so there's no need to compete. And I also don't want women competing against each other. I want us to lift each other up and to help each other. So nothing makes my heart sing more than a photographer posting something in this, in our Slack channel, on our community channel, saying, hey, I'm up for this job. I actually can't do it. Can somebody else jump in? Because not only are they talking about the jobs that we're bringing them, but they're talking about other jobs that they're getting as well. Um, sometimes we help them with those too. We'll help with the production. So we offer um, accountability groups, cohorts. We've broken our community into different cohorts, connecting them to meet other women who maybe they have the same interests, maybe they shoot the same type of genre, maybe they're in the same location. We're bringing them together so they can meet, mentor, educate We offer monthly um, Zoom calls or, you know, community calls where they come together um, and learn. So one of those was a panel discussion with a number of different uh, photo editors at publications. We'll um, do talks specifically on diversity in photography or LGBTQ in photography, what it means and how you find your footing and finding a network. So we are there for the photographers in any way that they need us so that they really feel that they have somebody in their corner cheering them on. Uh, you know, we send them notes. We send them messages before they go on a shoot, like we're thinking of you. We can't wait to hear how it goes. So they really feel the support and and feel that we're connected to them.
0: Well, and something that I really love that you're doing is that you're changing the conversation within the industry. And mm-hmm. I think that right now more than ever, just we as female founders as women, we just, we need to be disrupting right. and to your point, supporting versus, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I just made a note, like, I always say there's enough business for everyone. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> you know, I tell my clients all the time, like, they'll be like, did you see what so-and-so is doing? Yeah. And I'm like, who cares? Like, right. who cares? Like band together, you know, right. band together. There's a, not, like, you're a small business. And especially for the the creators that you're serving mm-hmm. they're small businesses they're exactly. one they're one person yes. you can't right. be everywhere or everything to everyone so the fact exactly. that they have your support and your backing and that you're also really changing the the dialogue here i think is right. a really um it's it's a really strong notion to be honest
1: yes. yeah thank you i mean no. that's what we're trying to do absolutely
0: So talk a little bit about some of the clients who have who have come to you and then also talk a little bit about um, how you find the the companies. How do the companies
1: find you? Yeah, sure. So a lot of it (laughs) at first was word of mouth Um, and. It, it, my team often jokes that I've met some people at our bus stop, some the neighbors, some of my neighbors in the town that I live in. Um, I'll meet other interesting moms who are working for interesting companies and they'll bring us in. Um, so that's really kind of how we got the start is just putting it out there not being afraid to put it out there. Like, Hey, I'm building this. This is my plan. Can we work with you? Do you have any work for us? let's get together and collaborate. And people taking me up on that. And it's really turned into um, an incredible thing because it's led to some of the larger jobs that we've gotten. And then we have a sales team. We have somebody who's reaching out to companies that we know we can really help and reaching out to specific verticals where we see the type of content we're creating, um, just really lifestyle and people interacting with products. Like That's really our sweet spot um, or experiences. We will go out and create that content and we we're seeing brands really respond to it. So we work for Sweetgreen. We shoot uh, Sweetgreen's new restaurants. We do a lot of work with Peloton. We shoot their members, their users uh, using their products, which is you know kind of an interesting thing. How Once a product is in somebody's home, how do you get it photographed? How do you get professional, beautiful, well-composed, well-lit content? of those products. And that's where we come in. People are opening their homes, opening their doors pre-pandemic, slightly a little more now, but pre-pandemic opening their doors to our photographers to come in and and photograph them. Um, And they're also feeling really comfortable doing that with the creators who we have. So those are the types of customers. We're really working with some larger enterprises. We also work with some smaller companies. We've been shooting um, for some smaller baby brands. We've been shooting for some retail companies. So it's, it's a Wide range of companies that want diversity in their content. They want diverse creators, uh, and and they want to work with professionals. So many of our photographers are influencers, but you're not working with just an influencer. You're working with a professional who knows how to compose that image.
0: I'm like blown away by what you've <laughs> created because it's yeah. it is it's so unique. You're filling so many different voids, and you're meeting right. so many different needs. I mean, you have the marketplace, of course. You know, and you're supporting the creators and the photographers, but then you're also helping brands fulfill a need that they greatly could use help on right now. Exactly. Um, And that's not going to go away. I mean, I at all. And I think content creation has always been important, but
1: really became important over the last couple of years. Right. Exactly. And it's really important for brands to think about not only how are they going to tell the story of their product, but who they're using to tell the stories of their product, right? There was a piece that I think Jamie Grayson uh, reposted that Amber Wallen and influencer on Instagram posted as a person of color experience being pregnant and the products that she was getting and receiving or buying um, throughout her pregnancy for her baby um, that was coming. And, Every product featured a white child, a white baby, or a white mother. And then how does she, as a Black woman, connect with that product, right? So I am on a mission to make sure that brands are thinking about that, that they're thinking about the content that they're creating, who their audience is, and how that content will resonate with their audience. And I think often that piece is missed. They just want to get the content. They're not thinking about how the audience is going to receive that content.
0: Which is so, it's so important. And you also, as a cre- as a creative, know and understand that. So it's, you know, it's really, I know that, yeah. it's, I know that this is not why you call your company mm. the loop, but it really is a full circle. Exactly. I
1: mean- <laughs> it is. It's a play on the word for sure. It really <laughs> yes, is. Absolutely.
0: The best part? There's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. So You talked a little bit about um, the power of networking when, mm-hmm. and when finding projects and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. How else has networking served your company?
1: Yeah, sure. I would say building our initial community. So I talked about the women creators throughout my career who were supportive of me. And, you know, we always had each other's backs. I started with my own network of about 40 photographers, just called them, told them this idea, asked them if they wanted to be part of it. They all said yes. They didn't know what it was that I was building. And I had this idea, but I, you know, we and they needed to trusted on on it. you, which I, trust I think is, me. so,
0: I mean, they're your network. Yeah, and that's what I network. Think. It's so important
1: to tap yeah. into your network and your Absolutely. community. Absolutely. And it can't hurt to ask what somebody going to say. No, but you always have to ask. You always have to put yourself out there and and see what they'll say. And so I was lucky. All of the photographers said yes. And then they told their friends and then they told their friends. And so as it started to build and people started to post about it on social media, we weren't reaching out to photographers. We didn't need to, they were coming to us wanting to be part of the community we were building. That was super exciting. Like, it's so cool to me when somebody posts on social media, I was just accepted into the loop. So the photographers have to apply and they have to be accepted. And then another way that my network came into play was the, the people who have joined our team. So when we were, we're still scrappy, but when we were a scrappy, you know, bootstrapped company before we closed on our funding, I couldn't pay everybody what I wanted to pay them, right? Like they had to trust me. They had to come along for this ride, believe in what I wanted to build and really feel part of it. So that was, that was my network. A lot of the people who are the founding members of our team are people that I've worked with before at previous companies, whether it was at Martha Stewart or at Shutterstock. Um, They've worked with me before. Actually, my assistant, a photo assistant from Martha's, one of our photographers, she joined the community. So it, it, I really, really relied on my network, never burn bridges, <laughs> you know, keep good relationships with people um, because you never know who's going to come around later and want to support you and what you're building. And I'm I'm and, really grateful for that.
0: And something that I try with every episode of Dear Founder to instill into the listeners ears is mm-hmm. the importance of that and the importance of community and not to underestimate your community, both the community you're building, which you have that now, but also your community that you have chosen to surround yourself with because they're there for you and mm-hmm. it's, and they want to help you succeed. Like these are people who have been along for the journey right. with you. Yes. And I think a lot of times we, as women especially don't want to ask for help or don't, you know, want to ask for whatever it is right. for anything, you know? Yes. And so I, I love that you shared that because it's so important. And it's so important to never underestimate the power of the people around you.
1: Completely. And and I think that People want to support you. They want to be part of something that you're building. Nobody really understood, frankly, what I was trying to build. Well, right. I just, I told, I, at the top of
0: this said, I had no idea. I was like, okay, sounds great. But like, (laughs) you know, and I believed that you would do it because that's the type of person you are. And it's like people
1: subscribe to you and then they realize what it is. Right. And then they want to be part of it. Right. Absolutely. And throughout this whole process, beyond your community, you have to have thick skin. If you're going to be a founder, you have to have thick skin, and you have to know that you're going to receive no's. So whether that is from people you ask to participate in something, or somebody you ask, you know, to collaborate with, or somebody you ask um, to, you ask for funding, you know, there are so many no's that I've received along the way, but it's helped me refine my pitch, refine what we're building, and hone in on what matters.
0: So let's talk a little bit about your fundraise
1: sure,
0: because that's exciting. And (laughs) I think also I I really and truly, um, and I've said this before here, I, I like didn't even understand what a fundraise was when I started Mm -hmm. my own company, Mm -hmm. I kind of became a founder on accident and, you know, I didn't realize that that was an option to go out and raise money. And I think a lot of people don't, and I think it's not talked about enough, right? And where do you even start, you know? Yeah. So I what so I guess my first question about the fundraise is when did you realize that and make the decision that you wanted to raise money?
1: Sure. Like what was that moment? Yeah, at the very beginning I knew to build what I wanted to build, especially because I wanted this to um tech is a huge part of what we're building, right? To build a marketplace the the technology really comes into play. I knew that I was going to have to raise to afford the team, afford building the tech, afford um to build the company. I was going to need to raise money. So when I had the initial idea, brought on the first 40 photographers, I was like I can raise money. No problem at all. I can do this. It's not that easy, right? It's a lot harder than than they make it out to seem. My LinkedIn is often filled with pictures usually two three white guys arms around each other announcing their huge raises right 10 million 15 million 20 million dollars and it, it seems so easy when it's just filling up your feed on linkedin but the, the truth is it's not there's a lot of things that come into play a lot of things that you have to prove and even more that you have to prove as a woman founder as a first time founder and as a solo founder the standards um, that are are much higher. The barriers to entry are much higher. So I started out with my advisors. My advisors are people that I've worked with in the past, or people I've approached to help guide me through this process. And a number of my advisors came in um, and were angel investors. So with that initial one hundred thousand dollars, just a hundred thousand, I was able to hire a developer. I was able to hire a product designer. Um, I did was not paying myself at all for the first two years. Um, you know, I I knew that I really was bootstrapping this company, even with that hundred thousand, it wasn't going to go far. And once we got to a certain place where we had the start of the product, where we had the creative brief that you could come and fill out, where we had customers, we had traction, we had repeat customers, our community was growing. I had people, you know, talk about the network. I had so many people who I've worked with in the past say like, hey Karen, you're building something interesting. It's mission focused. I'm going to give you a couple months of my time, or I'm just going to devote a few hours a week to you, and I'm going to help you build. So I had a lot of people doing that for me, and I'm grateful, grateful to those people. Um, And that helped set us on the right path. And then I networked, networked, networked. I asked as many people as I could for coffee. I took as many um, seminars, online classes, connected with people on LinkedIn, I had a lot to learn. I read a lot of books. I read a lot of blogs, like wherever I could find information on what it meant to fundraise. I did it. And I felt like no question was stupid. Like What I were had to some ask... of your
0: favorite resources and some of your favorite books? If you could remember off the top of your head,
1: I, I would say honestly, LinkedIn, I LinkedIn was for me, the path to everything. I started following women founders. I started following, I mean there's a point where my LinkedIn connections switched from connecting to every photographer and art buyer photo editor to connecting to every VC that I could find, every woman VC I could find because they are constantly posting um and I'm learning from those posts. They're posting in real time, they're posting links to different blogs. Like I am learning with each post that they make. So I was spending, I would say, the majority of my time on LinkedIn, and I was connecting to different people. So as I had more to build and as I had received so many no's, I started connecting to people with a more refined pitch who would then connect me to other investors. Hey, you're interesting. Let me connect you to this investor. And that's how I ended up um, meeting Sarah Adler, who is our lead investor through Wave Capital. That's how I met Sarah, was through a connection on LinkedIn.
0: Which is, that yeah. also speaks to the power of LinkedIn. and right. it's amazing. It's, it's funny that you say that because when people ask me how I sold my business, someone messaged me on LinkedIn. Actually, three someone's messaged me on LinkedIn. Really? See? And all in the same time frame. Yes. I wasn't even like looking yes. to sell. And it just goes to show the power of that platform. Absolutely. And also that you really need to respond because you don't, like, you I mean, know, right? you never know. I mean, I, for me, right. it could have been spam. Like it was a message, you
1: know? Right. Exactly. But I also think it's important to figure out which platform works for you. Like I am not, I'm, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not active on Twitter, which honestly in the world of fundraising for founders, like Twitter is where a lot of VC conversation is happening. Twitter's a good place to be, but I never jumped on it. And so it's like a little bit harder for me to make moves there. I really have found Instagram to be really helpful and LinkedIn to be really helpful. So I focus on those two platforms
0: what are some of the other resources? Like, obviously you, you learned and you figured out what you needed to do, but what about in terms of like the tactical execution? Like, I mean, there are documents there, there's a lot of legalities. Like you're, you know, you're, you need to make sure that all of your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. How did you know? And like, who did you turn to for that?
1: So, two of the, I would say, at the very beginning, the right moves that I made were surrounding myself with the smartest people I could find and the people who I thought could help me get there. So, I hired a finance team who had worked with a lot of startups. And these two guys, I love them dearly. They've become good friends. They're still, you know, part of this. You know, they started with me in 2019. They're still part of this, and I rely on them daily to educate me, to help me learn, to help me build financial models, to really think things through. I had never done any of this before. Um, so I had a finance, a finance team. And then I found a law firm. Um, a, a friend of a friend recommended their law firm who works with a lot of startups. And they had, they had all the framework. They had all the paperwork. So I didn't have to go out and seek it. I paid these guys. It was very hard for me. It was very hard for me to do it, but I knew that I needed a very strong legal team because in our business and the business that I'm making and I'm, I'm building agreements are very, a huge part of it. Right. So I needed to make sure I had that in line. I needed to make sure that when I took the angel investments, that I had all the right paperwork in line. Now all of this is available online. You can do a lot of this for free, but I didn't have the bandwidth. So I knew what I was capable of doing and I knew what I didn't know. And I think that, you know, the most important thing a founder can do is be comfortable with what you don't know. And I'm very aware of where my shortcomings are and what I don't know. And then I hire to fill in those gaps.
0: Which is, which is such good advice. Mm -hmm. And I know it's so hard as when you're bootstrapping to be like, Oh my God, I'm going to pay this attorney or whatever. But in the long run, doing that in the, in the short run, you know, make, can make or break your business. and so it's, it's so important to hear you say that. And that's why I asked that obviously.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, okay. So tell us about the funding that you closed on Yeah, and because it's so exciting and (laughs) also like, what are you going to do now? Like, what are you going to do with that funding? Like what is the future of the loop?
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So we closed on a $3 million seed round and with that money, we're able to scale the team. So I think at the time that we were closing, we had five people, we have 15, we have 10 open roles. So we are hiring, we're scaling fast, we're growing the, the developer team. So the product team, we um, are in the process right now. I think right after this call, I have an interview with the developer. Uh, we have five developers on the team now, and we'll hire a number of more developers to build uh Every feature and all of the workflow tools that we need to really make this marketplace come together even more. So we already have the marketplace, but we want to build the features. We want to build the workflow tools and we want to give the opportunity to the photographers that. It is the go-to place for them. It is their destination to have insight into their business, to have the workflow tools that they need, to do anything that they want with their careers, that they have the support, the education, and they can find the work and accept jobs and run any project through our platform. And then for the brands, we want them to come to us for all of their content needs, whether it's images, video, images they need to license. Like they need an image today. We've got that for them. So we're building out the features for them to hire the photographers and get all of their content in one place.
0: One of the things that I love that you're doing with the loop for the creators and the photograph like the photographers yep. is you are allowing them to have their own small business yep. and, and kind of be worry-free about a lot of the things that stress them out. Like you are allowing them to go out and do their work and do what they love and what they're really good at. And you're taking a lot of the pressure off of them on the, on the business end, which I, which is every creator's dream.
1: And you, you summed it up perfectly. That's exactly what our goal is, is to free them up so that they can concentrate on creating Go out and do your job. Create. That's what you want to be doing. The photographers have so many pain points in their process, and as we expand, you know, we'll have more people who do video. will have you know other roles in that production process. We'll be part of the loop. But right now, we're really focused on the photographers, um, and we want to free them up so they can create. They can create that content, and we want brands to trust them. These are professionals. Tell us what you need and we'll go out and create it and be honest with what your needs are. And we'll make sure that we get that content for you and that it's worth it. So we want you to get content that not only you can use on social media, but you can use in your marketing campaigns. You can use that content everywhere. When you think about social media content, you know, it can be gone in a flash, literally you blink and it's gone. I I logged in before this to Instagram and I was looking at an image and then all of a sudden it disappeared because it was refreshing. Right. (laughs) So, you know, I want you to have images as, as a brand that you can use in multiple places. And when it's professional high quality content, you can do that. And when the photographers are freed up from everything else that bogs them down in their day, they have the freedom to create that beautiful content for you.
0: So before I let you go, because I know that you have other calls and you're a very busy woman <laughs> right. now, I, I would love for you to share three tips that anyone who's listening, who wants to, who want to found a business sure. or who have it's an fair. idea or, you know, even someone who's just, maybe it's far down the road, but what are three yeah. actionable tips that, um, someone could, can take away from this conversation? Yeah.
1: I I would say, I mean, something that's so important is to trust your gut. If you believe in what you're building, you're going to build it. So push that self-doubt out of the way and feel confident in what it is that you're building. If you believe it, it will happen. I would say network, network, network. Network is, is just so incredibly important. Build good relationships and network. And, and have thick skin. Know that you're going to have nose, and that's okay because coming back to tip number one, you believe in yourself and you know that you can make anything possible.
0: Karen Sachs, founder and CEO of The Loop and my longtime college yes. friend, I'm so proud Yay. of you. Thank, Thank you so, so much for having, having me. I am, I am so Thank proud of you. Thank you so much, you. it means a
1: lot. <laughs> Thank it you. It means
0: a lot to have you here and this was such a fun conversation and just knowing that this has come to fruition and it is where it is you know from that initial conversation at you know 26th Bridge Street in Brooklyn so long ago I'm so proud of you so you should be so proud of yourself too congrats thank
1: you thank you
0: I hope that you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it Sax has some amazing advice wouldn't you agree now get out your pen and paper so that you can jot down some of her takeaways number one There is enough business for everyone. Number two, word of mouth marketing is so important. Tell people what you're doing and how they can benefit and be a part of it. Put it out there in the universe and don't be afraid of what you're building and letting people know. Number three, it's important not only for brands to tell their story, but who they're using to tell their stories. Number four, building community is all about networking. Go back to the people who are in your network when you're starting something. Figure out who your ne- how your network can help you and ask them to help. It can't hurt to ask, what are they going to do? Say no. That's the worst that can happen. Number five, never burn bridges. You never know who's going to come around later and want to support you in what you're building. Number six, you have to have thick skin. If you're going to be a founder, you have to know that you're going to have people telling you no. There are so many no's along the way, but it will help you to refine your pitch, what you're building, and hone in on what matters. Number seven, network, network, network. Karen took people to coffee. She took seminars. Whenever she could find information on fundraising, she looked for it. She found it. She consumed it. The no's will help you to remind, to refine your pitch and to remind you to connect you with the right people. Number eight. Surround yourself with the smartest people you can and the people who can help you to get to where you want to go Know what you're capable of doing and know what you don't know Number nine be comfortable of what you don't know and hire people to fill in the gaps Number 10 trust your gut if you believe in what you're building you're going to build it be confident in what you're building I cannot thank Sax enough for being here today and for joining me on today's episode of Dear Found Her. And I can't thank you enough for listening. Make sure you follow at Lindsay Pinchuk and at Dear Found Her on Instagram. You can also go to lindsaypinchuk.com slash freebie to download some of my tips, tools, and resources for starting a business and for managing the social media beast. We have some amazing guests coming up this month. It is Women's History Month. So please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us wherever you listen. If you know someone who wants to start their own business, like Karen Sachs, or who has started a business or who has an amazing idea for a business, text them this episode. It is filled with so many juicy nuggets or post it on your Instagram. Make sure to tag me and I'll reshare some of those to say thank you. I'll be back soon with another episode of Dear Founder.